0: Thank you, Kelly. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Uh, I'm. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I'm doing good, brother. Um, um, I'm excited about this morning, about this opportunity. Um, for those of y'all who haven't, maybe had a, a chance to meet. I'm Mark. I'm one of our elders here. Uh, this morning, Brandon is. I think Chris addressed this earlier. He's teaching at another church this morning. And so he gave me the opportunity to, um, to teach and to share. And I'm grateful for those opportunities when I get them. Um, to stand up here and, and and dive into the word with y'all and, um, and really see, see what God has for us and how he is, is challenging this body of believers, um, to take a step of faith, and I, I think that's part of of what we're gonna hear him share with us this morning. And so, I want to open up with just saying that as, as we dive into this word, understand that that I'm not standing up here as a as an expert of this. I'm not standing up here saying I've got it figured out. So let me tell you, um, but but far from it, I stand up here with you saying I struggle with this. I have a hard time with this, um, and I'm challenged with it, and I hope that you are too. I hope that you're challenged this morning as, as we dive into this passage. And so, um, I just want to recap real quick kind of where we're at. Last week, we began this series on Luke chapter 9. Um, Brandon um, opened this one up a little bit different than we normally do. Um, those of y'all that are that are mergers, you know that we typically just go straight through a book of the Bible. Um, and we went to chapter 9 last week and he decided um, to break it up a little differently. And so what he did last week is he took little segments of this chapter and looked at interactions that different people had with Jesus. So we talked about Herod and we talked about his kind of curiosity with who jesus was he was he was curious about him he asked questions about him but he wasn't so curious to to get up and go find him and learn more we talked about peter and the disciples and when jesus asks who am i and peter's response that that you're the christ you're the son of god and and how um and how in that moment, their, their eyes were open, but, but the Jesus lets them know, hey, not everybody's ready to hear this yet. It's not time for everybody to know. But this has been revealed to you. And then we talked about um, on the mountain, on the, the transfiguration. And God's response for the chosen disciples to hear that, yes, this is My Son. And so we talked about those three different interactions, and, and as we move forward over this week and the next three weeks, we're going to go through the remainder of uh, Luke chapter 9, and we're going to answer one, the same question every week. That question being, what can we expect if we follow Jesus? So this morning, we're going to go to uh, verses 1 through 6. We're just going to hit the very beginning of it. So if you want to make your way there in your Bible, feel free to. But uh, just verses 1 through 6. And we're going to answer that question based off of those verses. And then over the next three weeks, we're going to get different answers to this question of things we can expect as we follow Jesus. So before we dive in, I want to pray this morning, and then we'll get started. Father... Thank You for who You are. We thank You for Jesus. We thank You that You sent Him to live a perfect life and yet die a sinner's death for us. God, and that You've called us to follow Him. And we pray that as we open Your Word this morning, that You help us to better understand what we should expect when we answer that call what that would look like. God, I open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what You have for us today. And it's in Jesus' name i pray, Amen. So I want to start off by reading this text. We're just going to read through it. Um, starting in verse 1. And He called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure disease. And He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal And He said to them, Take nothing on your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And and wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the Gospel and healing everywhere." And so, we look at our question. What can we expect if we follow Jesus? And I believe that that through this text, we get two answers of what we should expect when we make that choice. Now, I'm going to do something as a teacher that's very hard for me to do. Um, As a teacher, my goal was to present a lesson... And help draw the answers out of the students, right? To over the course of that lesson in my classroom, um, I would I would hope that by the end of the lesson, that they were able to come up with the solution we were looking for. Um, And the way this text is written, um, we get the answer to the question at the very beginning. So I'm going to throw it out there at the beginning and hope that after that you don't just say, oh, I got my answers and tune out, right? Because there's more to this and we're going to dive into it. Alright, but in verses 1 and 2, we see the answer to our question. He called the twelve together. He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases, and He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. The first thing, there's two things we're going to look at. The first thing that we can expect when we follow Jesus is we can expect purpose. We can expect our lives to have purpose. Purpose. And so my first question for you is, is are you now or have you ever been in a place? And I'm, don't, don't, you don't have to answer this, but sit and think on this, where you felt a lack of purpose, where you felt that, that you didn't have direction, that you weren't sure where you were headed next. And I don't know about you, but in seasons of my life where I've felt that way, I'm not motivated. It's hard to to go through the difficult times because I don't want to mess with that. And some of you may be sitting here right now and you're thinking, I'm in the midst of that season. I'm in the midst of this is just hard and I don't want to deal with it. And And when Jesus steps into our life and we say, yes, I'm going to follow You, everything changes. Because at that point our purpose completely changes. If we're serious about it, if we're serious about it, following Him, then our purpose has changed because my purpose before was to have a happy life. My purpose before was to have a good job or to get that promotion or to have a happy family or to get that nicer home, or that really nice truck that I want, or whatever else. My purpose was in things. And then when I got them, I realized they didn't provide what I was hoping they would. But when Jesus steps into my life and I say, man, I'm going to chase after Him. My purpose changes. Jesus gives the twelve a purpose. He sends them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He says, go. You've been following Me. You've heard the message that I've been teaching. You've seen some of the miracles that I've started doing among the people. Now it's your turn. Go. And He tells us to do the same thing. He gives us a purpose. He says, go. Go share the good news. Now here's where I think we get it wrong. Is that we think that there is qualifications above and beyond knowing Jesus that we need to be able to go do that. And he says, "No, no, you know me, so go." In your conversations you have with coworkers at work, go in, in, in the conversations that you have with your family and friends, go share the good news. I'm going to put people in your life that need to hear it and all you have to do is tell the story of what I've done for you. You don't have to tell anybody else's story. You just let them know what I did for you. And I'm going to put the people in your life that need to hear that message. And so, our, everything changes because now my po- purpose is singular. My purpose is focused. And so, when things become difficult, I'm not focusing on that new promotion that I didn't get and that I'm beat down about. I can change the way I think about that. I can say, you know what? Maybe that's not where God wanted me. For this time in my life, for this season, that's not the people that He wants me to go minister to. That's not the people that He wants me to. To speak to. And so I can be okay with not getting that promotion. I can be okay with the season of life I'm in, regardless of how difficult it is, because I understand that it's God's calling for me, not mine. And so I encourage you, I want you to think about that. We see the same thing Kelly um, read, the passage from Matthew Twenty-eight, nineteen, and we see the basic same message being sent to the disciples. There, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're reminded again when Jesus, is return, when Jesus returns after the crucifixion. He says, "Hey, go, go and do this. This is what I'm calling you to." So when we decide to follow Jesus, when we decide to to answer that call, there is no greater purpose for the Christian than proclaiming the kingdom of God, and it's as simple as sharing your story with the God with the people God places in your life. Don't make it more difficult than it has to be. It doesn't have to. Brandon talks about that a lot. I, I grew up um, grew up in a environment where my belief was just get my friends to church just get them there and then i would let my youth minister do the work or i'd let my my pastor do the work right i just had to get them in the door and then once they got there that that they would the people that were hired to do this kind of stuff then they could talk about jesus i didn't have to do that part that's not biblical that's not what this book says what this book says is for each and every one of us that know the father through Jesus it's our responsibility and i told you from the very beginning that this i'm not standing up here telling you i got this figured out all right i'm here with you saying sometimes that's hard sometimes that's difficult and that's why i love the next the next step the rest of this all right the second i told you there's two things that we are provided of what we can expect. We can expect our lives to have purpose and we can expect our lives to have power. I want to go back and read verses 1 and 2 again. And He called the twelve together and He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases and He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Jesus did not send them out unequipped. Right? Jesus gave them the power and authority they needed to do the job that He was calling them to do. And He does the same thing for us. Now, am I saying that you're going to walk out the door today and, and go casting out demons and go healing people? I don't know. Because I don't know the calling that God's put on you specifically, right? This was a specific call for a specific group of men, at a specific time. And that's what Jesus equipped them for in that moment. Do I believe the Holy Spirit can equip you for that same calling? Absolutely I do. And if necessary, the Holy Spirit will. Okay, but the Holy Spirit can also equip you with the courage just to speak up. The Holy Spirit can also equip you with the w- words to say, remind you of the situation that you need to share with a specific individual at a specific time. I remember real, real clearly um, uh, a song came out several years ago um, by Shane and Shane. Um, um, Though You Slay Me is the title of the song. Um, it, it's a difficult song. It's a tough song, but it's so good. And the words are so true. And um, if you've never heard it, I'd, I'd encourage you to listen to it. I encourage you to, to look up and see where it came from, why, why they wrote the song. But I remember hearing this song, and for me it was just a really good song. And I shared it with a coworker, who at the time was going through a really tough time. Um, her husband was a, was a principal in another school district. Um, and there was some weird things going on in that school district. He had been let go. Um, he didn't have work. They were just a one-income family at the time. He didn't know what he was going to do next. He was only about five years from, from retirement, from education. Um, and so he was kind of lost. And I remember playing, show, sharing that song with her. And the next day, she said, we just laid in bed and listened to that song over and over last night in tears. Because it spoke so clearly to... I had no idea God needed them to hear that Word that day. I just liked the song. Her and I shared songs with each other all the time. It was a connection we had. But God needed to speak to to her. And I was willing to listen when I was like, I want to share this song with her. That's an example of God using you. And so, um, we have to be open... To that Now, I think the important thing when we talk about God provides us power, or, or through Jesus, we receive power. What, what does that mean? And why is that available? Again, um, the passage or the, the verses that Kelly read at the beginning from Matthew 28, uh, Jesus opens up that statement to the disciples. He says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And I want you to think about for a second, He he then gives that authority, He gives that power to the disciples. Right here we see an example of it. And I want you to think about that for a minute. The only way you can give authority to someone else is if you have it yourself, right? Think about your workplace and the different roles that you have and if you have people that work under you or over you. I've recently moved into a new position in my school district this year, and I find myself constantly going to my new supervisor and saying, hey, I've been asked this question. I don't know if this is my question to answer or my question to take to you for an answer. Because he has authority over me. And there's situations where he says, no, you need to bring that to me. Let's talk through that. And there's other situations where he laughs and says, have fun with that one. Right? Right? Okay? And so, um, but, but, and then in, in, in that situation, I have the authority. My, my supervisor has given to me the ability to make the call in that situation, to make the decision, to figure out what we need to do. And we're working in the same model here, except where my, um, my supervisor has limited authority. We serve a king who has ultimate authority. And so he, could, he, he can provide us with that. He can give us the power and authority we need to step into the situations that he places us in. I think about, or the, or the next question I ask myself then is what's the purpose of the power and the authority? Because I think if you're anything like me, I read a passage like this. And say, I want to do that. I want to see God move like that. I started reading back. Um, I, I, we'll see if I get there. But my goal this year is to read through the Bible this year. So I've been reading through the beginning of the Old Testament. Um, I've, I've hit that spot, guys. I'm in Leviticus. So please be praying uh, that I get through it. Um, but... um you read through the Old Testament and you see God move in these mighty ways. And I, I read that and I'm like, man, I want to see that. I read through the Gospels and I see people being healed and, and paralyzed people walking and all the people raising from the dead. I'm like, I want to see that. And what we do is in those moments, we lose focus of what it's about. Because it was never about that. It was never about that specific thing, all those things, all those healings and miracles were done with one purpose—to point back to God. We go all the way back to Moses, we see Moses uh, on on uh, Mount Sinai, he um, in front of the burning bush, and God speaking to him. And Moses says, "They're not going to believe me. You've given me this message; they're not going to believe." That this is from you. I fled from the Israelites. I left Egypt. Why would they believe anything I said? And, and most of us that are, that are familiar or have watched the Prince of Egypt, we, we know, God says, all right, what's in your hand? I got my staff. Throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground. What happens? It becomes a snake, right? And God says, alright, grab it by the tail. Pick it back up. He picks it up and it turns back into a staff. God says, take your hand and put it inside your cloak. And He does. He says, pull it out. And He pulls it out and it's covered in leprosy. He says, put it back in your cloak. And He does. And when He pulls it out, it's healed. He says, do these signs when you're before the elders and when you're before Pharaoh to prove that the words you're saying are from Me. To point back to Me. And if that doesn't work, get some water from the Nile and pour it out and it will turn to blood and they'll believe. And if you go a little bit further, Aaron and Moses go before the elders of the Israelites and it says they tell them what they're supposed to tell them and they do the signs and the Israelites believe and they worship God. It wasn't about the miracles. It was about pointing back to the purpose which was proclaiming the message of God. And so the same is true today. And so when I read about these miracles and different things happening, and I say, I want to see that. I want to see God moving that way. God's probably sitting there saying, well, you're not ready for that then. You're not ready to see me move in that way because you're more concerned about me moving in that way than you're concerned about me. And so I don't want us to get hung up on the way the power that God or Jesus provided the disciples with, the way that was used, or the way it presented itself, because it may look different for us, and it loo- we lose focus of what's Im- most important if we do that. We also see um, that the power is given to point back to the purpose and to God's glory. And so we, we walk away with, with two main points here that we can expect purpose and we can expect power. But there's a couple more takeaways because we've only gotten through ter- two verses. I told Heather, I said, how am I going to fill a whole teaching session on six verses in some way I, way? I figured it out, I guess. But, um, but there's a few more, more takeaways. And so we're going to go to... Verses 3 and 4 next. And He said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. When we work towards God's purpose, He's not only going to provide the power. He's not only going to provide the authority to do what we need to do. He's going to provide the means as well. And in this situation, Jesus sends them with nothing. He says, I need you to trust Me for everything in this situation. So you take the bare minimum and everything is going to be provided because I need you to know that I sent you on this task. And there may be situations in your life where you feel like you're in a similar place. But I also want us to understand that's not always the case. We can jump ahead to Luke 22. Jesus is talking to the disciples once again. 22, 35, and 36. He says, when I sent you without no money bag or knapsack or sandals, did you lack anything? Speaking of this very situation. And they said nothing. And He said to them, but now, let the one who has a money bag take it. And likewise a knapsack. And let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and go buy one. So every situation may call for something different. And what we've got to be willing to do is listen and respond. Because when God tells me, go out and do this and take nothing with you, and I say, okay, but wait one second, I gotta go get, I gotta make sure I got enough money for this, or I gotta, I gotta make sure I have this, or I gotta get some people around me to go do this with me, and God says, no, 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 that's not what I said. The second I take those with me, those things with me, what's gonna happen? It's gonna fail. Because I'm no longer relying on God, I'm relying on myself. I'm relying on my means. I'm relying on me being able to figure this out. And so I think it's vital that we listen intently on what God is sending us out to do and how He wants us to do it. Each season and call from God may call for something different from us, but are we willing to listen and follow His way or do we want to try to do it Our way. We also see here in verse 5 that God's way of doing things doesn't always look the way we think it should. In verse 5 it says, And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. I had a hard time with this verse this week trying to figure out how this fit in and what God was trying to tell me to share about it. Um, but the more I sat with and then looked into it, the more um, it began to make sense. It J- Jesus wanted to prepare them for the fact that not everywhere they went, they would be received. And the message that they brought would be received. But they were still to go. That the calling was to go. And so... This is is a weird statement I'm about to make. But I don't get confused with your purpose. The purpose isn't to win people to Christ, although that is our prayer. The purpose is to share the good news. Then we let God do the rest. Absolutely, we want to win people to Christ. But we have to open up our eyes to say, that's not my job. That's the job of the Holy Spirit working in the hearts of other people. My job is to be used as an instrument for Christ. I I thought of a, a, a story that I think kind of goes along with this, and it also has a little bit of a redeeming factor for me that helped me out. But before we came to Merge, we were at another church, and um, Brandon served as a youth minister there for quite a while, and then Chris um, took over as Brandon was promoted to another position within the church. But while Brandon was serving there at the church, or or during that season, um, I volunteered and served in the youth ministry there. I was a small group leader. And so every Wednesday night, I would meet with the group of high school boys. Um, they were great. Like, I, I, I enjoyed hanging out with them so much. Um, they were a bunch of turds, but it was fun. And uh, we had a good time cracking jokes and, um, you know, whatever. But But I found myself, as I talked to these juniors and seniors in high school, getting so frustrated. As week after week, they gave me the same story of the same stuff they were dealing with, the same issues they were having a hard time with and everything. And I would look at them and I would think, like, it, just it's just Jesus, man. Like, what? Are you, I don't understand what you're doing here. You keep chasing after all this other stuff. I'm glad you're here, but you're not hearing anything we're saying. And I remember one night... Uh, those of y'all know Keith. Keith was there and I, I was talking to him after the service. I was like, Keith, I'm so frustrated. Like, what are we doing here? They're not hearing anything. These guys aren't hearing anything we're saying. Like, what's, what's the point? And I remember Keith just kind of looking at me and saying, man, you're missing it. In a very loving way. He said, you're missing it. He said, maybe that's not the season we're in. Maybe we're just supposed to sow the seed, and we're never going to get to see the harvest. But somebody is, and we have to have faith that somebody's going to have that opportunity. And so I walked away with my tail tucked between my legs, you know, and like, all right, thanks, Keith, for make me feel like a moron I should have already known that right but but it was a word I needed to hear in that moment and, and it was an encouragement and it was something I carried with me since then like if just a reminder when when I'm when I'm in a season and I and I feel like I'm following God and I'm doing what he's calling but I'm not seeing the results that I expected it's that check right that that check to say okay but it's not about what I expected it's God's working in this I'm just going to keep doing what he's calling me to do Several years later, fast forward we've we've planted merge. Merge has been around for a couple years. We've talked about this young man before, some of us up here. Sunday morning I'm outside the building, we're greeting as people come up, and I see a young man walking up that I haven't seen in years, but was a part of that group. And so, you know, of course I was excited to see him. I haven't seen him in a long time. Chris and Brandon were excited to see him. You know, a lot of us that had spent time with them, And so we're talking to him. And we go in. And I don't really think much of it. Like, um, kind of thought maybe he found out we had opened the church. And he just wanted to come say hi. I knew we'd all be there. I don't know. And then the music started to play. And, um, and I happened to look over my shoulder and watch this young man begin to worship God. And for some of you, it would freak you out. Like you wouldn't know what to do with Mike. Because um, he's jumping up and down and he's dancing and his big old bushy hair is flying everywhere and he's all over the place. And in that moment, you could just see how much he loves Jesus. And I don't know about everybody else. I think God did that for me that morning. Like He knew I needed to see that, I needed to know that, that the time that we had poured into the lives of those students mattered. That the time we had poured in to those young men and those young women that God was doing things that we knew nothing about. Mike's the only guy from that group that I've been connected with in any way since then. But that's all I needed. I didn't even know I needed it. In all honesty, at that point I thought I was past that and moved on. But but God provided that. At least that's what He provided for me through that experience. And so I say that to say it doesn't always look the way we thought it would. I wanted all those guys right then as juniors and seniors in high school telling me they knew they needed Jesus and they needed Him right now and let's talk about what that means to make Him my Lord and Savior and, and let's go win Western Hills and Alito High School over to Christ and let's do all this. I mean, that's where I was at. And they weren't there yet. And that was okay because it wasn't God's time. What about my time? It was about His. Chris, we're start wrapping up. Y'all can come back up here and as he does that we're going to jump ahead to verse 6 verse 6 says it's kind of anticlimactic a little bit and they departed and went through the villages preaching the gospel and healing everywhere just matter of fact just real clear so what do they do Jesus says here's what you're going to do what do the disciples do they say okay and they go and they do it They don't ask questions, at least that that we know of. They don't doubt Him in this moment, although there's other seasons when they might. But they hear the calling, the purpose. They acknowledge the power and authority that Jesus has given them. And they go and do what they've been called to do. And God moves in miraculous ways people hear the message, they receive the message, and their lives are changed forever. When we follow Jesus, we can expect purpose and power. And we get to be a part of an incredible story so much bigger than any purpose we could come up with for ourselves. Because as we wrap up there's two things that that I want to address the first one is the, for those of us here who who we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life we've acknowledged um, that I want you to, to be real with yourself this morning God, God's forced me to do that this week through this text of asking, do I take the purpose that He's given me seriously? Or do I think, oh, that's just someone else's job. I'll just invite somebody to church and I'll, I'll let Brandon do the rest. Do I really acknowledge that, that when I said that I wanted to make Jesus Lord and Savior of my life, That part of my calling from that point forward was to share that message, that good news of the gospel with other people. And am I doing that? Or am I copping out and saying, well, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to live a really good life and I'm going to be a good example to the people around me. And and occasionally when I see somebody struggling with something, I might ask them if I can pray for them. But I'm not going to have any of the hard conversations. That's not fun. And so I want to challenge you this week to sit with this and, and ask God about that. And you may not even need to. Like, you might be sitting here right now and you're in the same place I am, just sitting there going, yeah, I already know. Like, i got to step up. But what I want to encourage you with, because I don't want to just beat you down with that and be like, all right, have fun. See you later. No, what I want to encourage you with is that you are given the power and the authority you need to do that very thing. God doesn't leave us hanging. He equips us with exactly what we need for the calling He's given every one of us. And then there's the second group of, of people in this room that I've got to address. And that is, if you've never asked jesus christ be lord and savior of your life and if that's the case then depending where you're at maybe you've never really heard much about jesus or maybe you've been in church your whole life you just know you've never made that decision but regardless you're sitting here and some of the stuff i'm saying just doesn't click You just don't understand why I would care so much or why I would sit up here and speak for 30 minutes or whatever I've been up here for talking about this. Why is it that big of a deal? But you're curious. Or maybe you're sitting there and saying, no, it's time. I've waited around too long and I need to to actually make a decision and I need to tell somebody about that. When I was in high school and I was in the church, they'd say, well, you need to come up here and you need to kneel down and we're going to have people pray over you and we're going to go through Romans Road and we're going to do all these things. Well, there's going to be a couple of people over here to the side. We're not going to single you out. We're not going to anything like that. But what I want to encourage you to do is just come ask questions. Come and talk to us. And let us share with you why Jesus makes all the difference. Let us fill in those gaps of why this didn't click for you this morning. Give us that opportunity for you to hear that message. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your Word. I thank You for the promise that it's, that it's a living and that it continually feeds us with what we need. God, I, I thank You that while You call us to a purpose greater than ourselves, You also equip us with what we need for that calling. That You don't just send us off on our own, Father, but that You provide us with all the tools we need to be able to do the job You've called us to do. I pray for my church family here. I lift them all up to You, God. And I pray that for each and every one that this morning You have prepared their hearts through the Holy Spirit to receive the message You have for them. God, And You would help this church be a people of action. That we would take action towards your purpose that you've put on our life, that we would not think that we can do this on our own or that that just coming on a Sunday morning is enough, God. But that you've called us to so much more and such bigger things. Father, we love you. We thank You for the opportunity to meet in this space, to open Your Word together, to sing praises to You. It's in Your Son's name we pray these things. Amen. Last week you're dismissed.